Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. You go to the Word of God and find out who you are. Whether it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you, Jack. Believe the scriptures. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez Billingsley. Thank everybody for your continuous prayers and support as you continue to listen to these podcasts and download them. I appreciate it. Make sure you share this with your family and your friends. We're going to jump right into it today. Uh, As you all know, we are living in the last days. Because we are living in the last days, um, the more and more we get closer to the end, more and more people seem to not believe it anymore. Because it hasn't happened yet, things are are progressively getting worse and people are feeling like, okay, if the Lord was going to return, surely he would have returned by now. So because he hasn't returned, you know, when we felt that he should return, therefore he's not coming. Well, we're going to dig into it today. We're going to read about the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. Let's jump into it. I'll be reading out of Matthew chapter 25, verse 1, out of the New Living Translation. If you are reading in another translation, it's all good. We'll still end up in the same place. Verse 1, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom was coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Verse 10, but while they were going to buy oil, the bridegroom came, then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. That was Jesus giving us a parable of his return. A parable is someone using something natural to explain a spiritual truth. So that's what Jesus did. He would take a natural uh, illustration of something that we can all comprehend, but there's a spiritual truth in it. And that's what this parable is about. So he used the 10 bridesmaids to explain the coming of his return. What is he saying? You have five foolish ones and then you have five wise ones. Five of them handled their business. They bought, they were prepared. They were ready for when the bridegroom come. The other five felt like, no, we got enough time. We gonna chill out, do this and that. So when the bridegroom came, they tried to say, oh, let me get some of your oil. They're like, no, you need to go buy for yourself. So they wouldn't try to go buy and then come back. It was too late. You don't want to be one of those where it's too late. Be ready. 
when he returns. I know we don't hear a lot about, you know, the coming of the Lord much, but it's true. The Lord is soon to return. The last days started once Jesus rose from the dead. Once Jesus rose from the dead, that was the beginning of the last days. So that's why you see in the Bible, uh, you've heard people been saying for years we're in the last days. That's because it's true. These are the last days. He didn't say when. Remember, he says you don't know the day or the hour. If we know the day or the hour, then that means you can set your time. You can say, okay, if he's coming on March the 15th, then okay, I'm thinking maybe by January, I'm going you know, to get it together. You know, you, you don't know the day or the hour. So the, the responsibility on your part, not the Lord's part, but on your part, your responsibility is to be ready. That's it. How do I be ready? Martinez. How do I be ready? You're saying be ready. How do I be ready? The way you be ready is first to repent of your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to be born again. That's the first step. You have to receive salvation, which is only in Jesus Christ. It's not in anything else. It's not in African history. It's not in uh, following Muslims. It's not in um, on how much book smarts you have. It's not in how many college degrees that you can get. It's not in any other source nor person except the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you may choose to say, I don't believe that. Well, that still doesn't change it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody has a choice. You can choose not to believe in Jesus Christ and that's perfectly fine. But see, that's the situation with, with the bridesmaid. When he, when he comes back, you can't now say, okay, Lord, I, I believe you now. No, he's saying, no, you need to make preparation. And it's not only believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and accepting him as your Lord and Savior, but once you believe him, you make a decision to live for him. It doesn't mean you're gonna live a perfect life. But that means that, hey, I've made a decision in my mind that because of what Jesus did for me on the cross, because of the sacrifice that he paid for me, I'm choosing to live for him. And the Holy Spirit, he is going to help you to live a life that is pleasing to God. You're not going to be perfect. So don't think, that, oh, man, I got to be perfect when you come back. No, you're not going to be that. But you just have to be ready. You have to make sure that you're in him. He's only coming for people who are in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So you need to get in Christ by accepting Christ. Now let's keep going. Here's another parable that the Lord is going to give us about his return. Look at verse 14. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So he's fin to explain, he's about to explain the kingdom of heaven. He said he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Okay. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to the other, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. 
But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small matter, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. See, he just sounds so smart. He just has it all figured out. And he says, I was afraid I would use your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. See, he thought he was doing good because he thought he was just so smart and brilliant that I'm just going to do what I feel that needs to be done with this money. Verse 26, he says, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Oh, I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the response he was looking for. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Follow me over to Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 26. It says, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. Now, if you don't know what happened in Noah's day, I would encourage you to read the account of Noah in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter five, I believe. So again, it says, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. If you never heard of Lot or never read Lot, Lot was Abraham's nephew. I will encourage you to read the story of Abraham. I believe that's in Genesis chapter 12. It says, and the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom, then fire and burning and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. What is he saying? People think that when the Lord returns, 
that we're just going to be, um, I don't know, something is just, something just strange is going to happen that day where we're just going to know like, okay, the Lord is coming back today. No, he's saying that he's going to come in a time where everywhere we chilling, we got vacant, we got vacations planned to go to Miami. We about to go to the beach. Everybody's still working. Everybody's still operating businesses and all of that. And he says, then I'm coming. I'm not coming when y'all going to expect me to come. That's what he's saying. So that's why you have to be ready because you don't know. You do not know. You see what I'm saying? I ain't going to say it's scary in a sense because when you accept Christ, there's nothing to be afraid of. But it's scary in a sense for those who reject Christ and who really want to, who really focus all their time to try to be a success in this world. To do all of that just for him to come back and for you to profit nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let us be about our father's business. So I have dreams, I have goals that God has placed in my heart. I have gifts, I have qualities and talents that I want to use for him and for the building up of the kingdom of God. But in the midst of me doing that, he's saying that I'm going to come even while you're doing all those things, even though even as I'm wanting to build businesses and, and do these things for my family. All oh, that's cool. You need to pursue that and do that because you have an obligation to your family and a responsibility. He's just saying the enemies you're doing that, I can come right in the midst of you doing all of that. So if he comes in the midst of me doing all of that, I will be ready because I've accepted Jesus Christ. I'm living for him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm one to encourage you to accept Jesus Christ and know that this is not a religious game. This is not a, a church game. Like this is, this is a relationship. This is a relationship between God and you. You can only develop a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus was God in the flesh. He paid the price for all of humanity. I know you ain't used to hearing this kind of talk. I know it's been a while, but it's the truth and you need to hear it because you need to know. I have a responsibility to tell you and you need to know. So I want you to meditate on what we just talked about. We're going to get right to the music and we'll be right back. I want to hear well done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody want to hear well done with me?
Alright, now go with me to Psalms 91. Psalms 91, we're going to look over some scriptures and talk about the Lord's protection. 
because in the midst of us living and breathing in this earth, because these are the last days, we do have a lot of things that are going to happen and a lot of things that have already happened that people are fearful of. And um, you don't have anything to be fearful of. God is going to protect us. We're going to look at this. Psalms 91. Look at verse 1. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. Did you hear that? He, The Lord himself is your place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue me from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. That means that any disease that scientists come up with, any disease that comes from third world countries and try to come into the United States or disease that come from the United States and try to come into your country, wherever you may be listening. God is saying that he's going to protect us from these deadly diseases. What is the key component? The operative word in the midst of all that we're talking about is trust. Trust him. Trust that he's going to protect you from that. You can't look at Joe and say, well, Joe got Ebola. That means I might. No. The Lord says, trust him. We can't look at anyone else. And we pray for everybody's protection. We don't want nothing to come upon anybody. No disease, no sickness, no anything. But what God doesn't want us to do, he doesn't want us to look to the right or to the left to determine whether we should trust him or not. Because if he didn't deliver sister so-and-so, if he didn't deliver brother so-and-so, then how do I know he's going to deliver me? Could it be that sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so didn't trust God to deliver them out of that situation? I know it's tough. I know you don't want to believe that. I understand. But we also have to understand that the Bible is true because there has to be something for the person who gets it and the other person who doesn't get it. If God is no respect of persons, meaning that he doesn't show any favoritism, there's, he wouldn't do it for one man and not do it for the next man. So it's a reason why brother so-and-so didn't get it over here, but this brother so-and-so over here got it. A sister so-and-so didn't get it and brother so-and-so over here got it. So it has to be a reason. And I'm submitting to you, according to the Bible, trust. He wants us to trust him. Look at verse four. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. His faithful promises. His promises are found in the scriptures. Get into this book. Get into the word of God. Find out what God promises are pertaining to your situation, pertaining to anything. Find out what his promises are. He just said his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. That's what you're going to arm and protect yourself with. That's how you can walk in confidence in this earth, knowing that the enemy can't just move you off course and do whatever he wants to do in your life when he feels like it. Verse 5. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. So he's telling us point blank that these things are going to happen. You're going to see things that's going to fall on your right. Things are going to fall on your left. Things are going to fall right in front of you. But he's telling us, trust me, don't be afraid. It's not going to touch you. Now, what God wants us to do, he wants us to intercede and pray for those who don't know him. By us interceding and praying for those who don't know him, God can intervene and have mercy on them. So that's what we want to do. Not that, hey, hey, you, sh you should have been in the Lord like I was. It, would, it wouldn't have touched you. No. 
we have to have compassion and you pray for people. If people aren't getting it, people don't want to receive it, pray the Lord's mercy. That's all that you really can do. To finish up verse eight, he says, just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. Do you understand? He says, if you make me your shelter, if you make me a refuge, no evil. That's a that's an absolute promise. No evil will conquer you. Catch it. No evil will conquer you. He didn't say evil wouldn't present itself to you. But once evil presents itself to us, it's not going to conquer us. We're going to conquer it. No plague will come near your home. That's a promise for your home. No plague going to come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. We got angels that are protecting us. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Now people get real deep and they want to say, well, he said uh, that you won't let me hurt my foot on the stone so that means I shouldn't be banging my toe on the side of this bit. That, that hurt, boy. That's some pain. But anyway, you know, people try to use, nah, well, Wait, wait, wait a minute. Just be careful. That's all I'm saying. I would just tell you, watch where you're going. Verse 13, you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush, you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. That is the Lord's promise for us today. Understand it's a possibility that America could go to war again. Remember in Matthew 24, he says in the last days there are going to be wars and rumors of wars, kingdom coming up against kingdom, nation up against nation. But in the midst of all of that, now we don't want to go to war. I don't desire for us to go to war, but the book has been written. But if that was to happen, Understand this, that for those who trust in the Lord, for those who make him their refuge and their shelter, he said that no evil is going to conquer you. He's going to protect you. He's going to set his angels to have charge over you. We have nothing to be afraid of. Everything is going to be all right. God loves us. I encourage you, if you do not know Jesus Christ, receive him right now. I'm out of time for the day. We're going to deal with more. In the midst of everybody doing their own thing, let us remain faithful. Remember the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, the latter part. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out. We're gonna be